Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for listening. Today we have a special guest, Pastor Alan Hawes, pastor, man of God, watch aficionado, and many other titles that we can bring. So thank you for joining us. Um, Today we want to talk to you about fulfilling the call of God, pursuing the call of God. What is the link between where you are and then God's plan for your life? First of all, we need to understand one thing. God, you need to understand one thing. God has a plan for your life. Say that with me. Say, God has a plan for my life. You know, when you, um, uh, Mark Twain has a quote that says, the two most important days of your life are the day that you're born and then the day you figure out why what you were born for. And um, I've edited that, that uh, quote a little bit. I guess that makes it not a quote, but um, I say the two most important days of your life are the day you're born again and the day you figure out why. And so purpose is a big part of it. I believe for too long the body of Christ has lived in a place where they're, um, uh, they think Christianity is about making it to heaven. And it is. Ultimately, being a Christian is eternal life. Why is that? Well, it's simply because eternity is a lot longer than our time here on this earth, you know. Um, but there's a purpose while we're here on this earth. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, I'm going to read the scripture to you. Verse 10 will be our base scripture for today says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Um, And I'm going to pass the time over here and we'll just kind of go back and forth. But, you know, when we get born again, God has actually set aside things for us specifically to do. He has an assignment for every one of us. No one is exempt from this. This isn't just for ministry gifts. That's part of it. But for for every person, there's an assignment and it's all geared towards, hear me on this, all geared towards building the kingdom of God. There's that scripture in Matthew and the disciples asked Jesus how, how we should pray. And he said, pray after this. He said, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And, uh, that was a model. That isn't to say that those are the exact words we have to pray every day, but that was the model prayer of like our prayers, first of all, need to be directed to the Father. There's a lot we can dive into in that prayer, but ultimately it's that we're as Christians bringing the will of God from heaven to this earth. So the same um, things that are enforced in heaven, hey, there's no sickness in heaven. There's no uh, poverty. There's no repossession of vehicles. There's no anything like that. Um, happening in heaven. So we're to enforce it on earth, but understanding that, first of all, you have a call uh, for your life. Pastor Allen. And I think what's interesting about what Pastor Ryan said is that it's kind of like what the Apostle Paul says. Uh, he says in the book of Ephesians, also in, in, in the book of Romans, uh, I'll read you just a couple of verses. Uh, Ephesians chapter uh, one and verse five, it says, and he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and his will. Then, of course, in Romans 8, 29, for those who God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren and sisters. Uh, chapter 8, verse 30, the very next verse. And those he predestined, he called. Those he called, he's justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Now, in the book of Luke, chapter 10, the Bible gives us a pretty interesting story. The Bible says that Jesus took 70 of his disciples and he split them up two by two and he sent them out.
And then when they came back, they were all rejoicing because devils had come out at their word. And Jesus, of course, said something very interesting. He didn't give them a high five or a pat on the back and say, you good little disciples. He said, listen, don't rejoice at that. He said, I saw Satan get thrown out of heaven like a lightning bolt. He said, actually rejoice that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So whether you're listening to this today and you're a predestined, in other words, you believe that some are predestined for hell, predestined for heaven, that's for another day and another conversation. Uh, but whatever you need to realize is Scripture is very clear that predestined in Christ, there is a purpose, there is a plan that God has for us. Ultimately, like Pastor Ryan said, is it's it's heaven. We know that. We know that eternity is exactly where He wants us to be, and and we know that. So that's something that is like the Apostle Paul told the church at Philippi. He said, "I'm not really paying attention to the things." that I've done, both successes and failures. He said, I'm actually just pressing on. I'm not, I'm not attained anything, he said. I've really just pressed, pressing on to the high mark of the calling of God in Christ Jesus. In other words, it's, it's heaven. And, and I think that's interesting because he says that, <clears throat> of course, after 33 years of full-time ministry. So what that tells you is, is that regardless of what your vocation in life is, all of us are called as sons and as daughters of Christ, ultimately to spend eternity with him. But in that same chapter in the book of Luke, chapter 10, down in verse 23, it's very interesting interesting because Jesus then has just prayed and then he the Bible says he turns to his disciples. Now to me there's a big line there because in the first part of the chapter, he sends out 70 disciples. But in verse 23, it says he turned to his disciples. And so what that tells me is, is that though God is not a respecter of any man, at the same time, Jesus also said, anybody that does hunger and thirst after righteousness uh, shall be filled. And so we realize that there is, a, there is a, a pursuit that we find ourselves in, not necessarily for more of God, because we have all of him. I think that's a silly thing to say, God, I want more of you. Well, you can't have more of him. You've got all of him. But I do at the same time know that there are those that God is, is in my opinion, uh, because we look at not everybody's call, if you will, quote unquote, call is the same. But I will tell you that regardless of what the vocation is, it requires being in his presence. Because in verse 23, he says this, he says, uh, he says, blessed are your eyes and your ears for the things that you see and you hear. For there are kings and prophets who have longed to hear and to see the things that you have seen. So what does that tell you? That tells you that there are going to be those like the apostles. Apostle John, for example, um, who laid upon the breast of Jesus. In other words, he said, I'm the one that Jesus loved the most. And not only that, but look on the day that he was crucified. All the other disciples were in hiding and running for their life, concerned of what could become of them. Not John. John was at the base of the cross. He was there. He was in full sight of, of those that would potentially persecute him simply because everybody knew he was with Jesus. And so, but we still find that he was there. As a result, I think it interesting because he's Jesus looks at him and says, Mother, behold thy son, son, behold thy mother. So many historically say this is the time where John sort of takes ownership of Mary to look after her. And he actually does. He moves her to Ephesus, which would be, you know, Turkey today. Um, moves her to Ephesus. That's where she's, 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 you know, she dies. And of course, we know John of all the disciples is the only one to die a natural birth. But he doesn't die until God gives him the full revelation of things to come. So I do believe with all my heart that, that if we'll pursue the Lord, there is is a, a, a there is a pursuit that we we play. There's a part we play. Yeah. And I think for a lot of people the 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 first step, if you're standing there saying, Man, I I, I want to serve God, I want to make sure my life is at the right place and God can use me, step one is first of all being willing. So many people fight with the call of God in their lives. Hey, I know I'm called to the ministry, but I don't really want to go in the ministry. I've seen too many people get burned. Hey, I've you know, there comes a point I received a call to the ministry five days before my eighth birthday. But there came a point where I realized like, 
man, this is something I want to do. This isn't something that I have to do. It's it's something I'll be held accountable for. So I kind of, in, in one sense, I, for, for my own sake and for my future, I kind of have to do it. But it's something that I want to do. And so step one is just to say, well, no, no matter what you're doing, the number one way you link your life to eternity is to, is to say, no matter where I am, if I'm pursuing medical field, if I'm working a job, if I'm in the ministry, whatever it is, you just say, Lord, I'm willing to do what you want me to do. If you, Lord, if you want me to lay down this sales job that I have, this good paying job, I'm willing to do it. Just guide me because I want your will for my life. And so it's that willingness first that takes people from their plans to God's plans. Because I think for people, and uh, you can tell me what you think about this, Pastor Allen, but people have just disconnected their life from their salvation. You have like, oh, I'm born again. But then they just have, it's like, I just live normal life. And their life really doesn't look any different from an unbeliever because they're just like, yeah, I've just got, that's a different category. I got my salvation over here. I go to church, but then there's just life on the other side. No, there are. And there are people that are going to be okay with just being a Christian. And, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, you'll spend eternity in heaven, no doubt. But life is a lot more uh, adventurous than that because you don't have to be in the full-time ministry uh, in order to be used by God. There have been many great men and women um, that have been used by God in their vocation, the area of science and math and business, you know. But at the end of the day, I keep saying at the end of the day, but what it comes down to is um, it's you, it's your pursuit. Those that are going to, I just want to be in his presence. And Lord, I'm going to let you use my boat. And my boat may be business. My boat may be um, politics. My my boat may be ministry. Um, but there are those that are just going to settle for, hey, I serve God on Sunday. You know, I give my tithes and my offerings. I even go to Sunday school. My children are raised in the church. But there's no active participation in the body. So so what do you do to get yourself in that place? And I will tell you that, uh, first of all, you have to have a vision. Uh, the Bible says that without vision, people perish. So if you don't know what your vision is, maybe you have a hard time kind of identifying what that vision is. Well, one of the things you could do is by serving another man's vision. That's that's where coming. That's where plugging into the local church comes. Because I believe we're all called to be part of the local body, and we're all called to be a part of a local church to reach our city and, and to lift another man's arms up. Kind of the story of Aaron and her. If you remember the story of that, where Moses told Joshua, um, yeah, I, I think it was the Philistines that they were, or maybe the Amalekites they were up against. And, and basically Moses said to Joshua, you know, look, Joshua, I can't go to battle, right? I'm an old man. I can't go to battle, but you can. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to climb the hill and I'm going to lift up my staff. And as long as my staff is lifted, you're going to have uh, victory. But if my staff begins to you know, fall, then you're going to have defeat. So Moses, you know, sure enough, goes to the top of the mountain and, and he lifts his, his rod. And, and sure enough, just as he said, um, Joshua has victory. But, it, but he gets tired. And it, because he gets tired, his arms begin to fall. And, and as he does that, Joshua begins to have defeat. So Aaron and her, who are with Joshua or with Moses at this time, see that. So what they do is, is they come to his aid. They pull up a stone for him to sit down on right? In other words, giving him rest. And then they each grab one arm and they lift the arm of the, of the prophet of Moses. And as a result, as a combined uh, effort, you know, the body, Joshua has success. So when we look at our pastors and we look at our leaders, you know, we are called to support the local church. That's what, because you're supporting the body of Christ uh, by doing that. 
So when you come along and you're just an usher or a greeter or, or a small group leader, or maybe you work in children's ministry, youth ministry, maybe you count finances for offerings or you work security, whatever you do, you're literally lifting up the hands of your senior pastor to lighten the load and to carry his burden. And you say, well, but he's a pastor. He should be able to do that. Well, take that title off for a minute. And remember what Paul said to the church at Philippi chapter two, considering others greater than yourself. So that mind that was in Christ um, has to be in us. And that, and later in that verse, it says that we've been called to be children of light in the midst of a wicked and a perverse generation. And just before that, he says, so in other words, I'm kind of bouncing on this because right before that, he says, so whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. And I really think that that becomes a part of our pursuit. And I think that's where you find yourself really all of a sudden you're in full-time ministry. Well, how did I get here? Well, because I let the Lord use my boat. So like Pastor Ryan, you're in business. Well, how did you go from being a business to being in the ministry. Well, because, and I'll let you talk about this, because while you're in business, yes, you're doing business, but you were building men and women, not just in business, but spiritually, holding church services on Sundays for these guys, laying hands on them, prophesying. All along, the call of God was on your life. It was the timing that you were waiting on. It was that moment that you released, which I think is also very important. And a lot of people miss it because of timing. I think for a lot of people, they, they miss, as Pastor Allen was talking, like the they want to be number one, especially when it comes to ministry. Man, I can't wait till I have my own ministry and I'm out there doing it. But understanding there's a job to be done. You know, the the what's become real to me is like, I don't want to go anywhere the Lord doesn't want me to go. The Lord has assignments. There's even fruit now from places we've ministered, people coming to Bible school. But there's people in the business realm that were salesmen on our team that we hired who now, because they're on our team, we shared the gospel with them. They got born again. They're now in church. They're, they're in this, they're, they're, they were assignments from the Lord. And I can look back and be like, well, I had to go through business to get to the ministry. And it was kind of just a holding pattern. But the Lord knew what he was doing. He was like, man, on your way there, you're going to get Marquise. You're going to get Jeremiah. You're going to get these guys. And you're going to bring them with you. And people's lives will be impacted by them. So be willing to be patient. And then I'll, I'll, as we kind of uh, pull up to a close here, um, I want you to know for certain that there is someone in your life now, and you probably know who it is, who the Lord wants you to share the gospel with. There's one person. Who is that one person the Lord has put in your life, whether it's at school, whether it's at work, whether it's someone back home from where you're from, that the Lord is tugging at your heart. The person, when you go to pray for lost loved ones, you always think about them. The Lord wants you. Why not this week? Why not let this week be the week that you say, you know what? This is the week that I'm going uh, to call them and tell them that God loves them. You don't understand. Maybe they'll say, man, I need to hear that. This is something that, um, uh, that, that they're waiting on. And des- their destiny will ultimately end up being unlocked because of your obedience. That, that's good. I'm glad you said that because that's, as you're sitting there, that's exactly what I was thinking. I remember, and I'll, I'll leave you with this thought. I was in South Africa a number of years ago doing a big youth conference there, and I'm standing just before I go up on the platform, and the Lord spoke to me. He said that from tonight forward, you would no longer see people as people, but destiny waiting to be unlocked. And so between now and the time that loved one comes to the Lord, don't shy away from sharing the love of Jesus with anybody you come into contact with, because you don't know that that one encounter, that one moment, that that, that could be the moment that turns their entire life around. And, and that's why in, in your 
loved ones will come to the Lord. Hebrews 1.14, are not all angels ministering spirits sent forth to assist those that are become inheritors of salvation? So yeah. know that if you're reaching somebody's mom, dad, sister, brother, aunt, uncle, grandparent, whatever, God's going to make sure that your family is also looked after. I think about that movie Braveheart, and there's that time where he says, yeah, they, they're saying we're going to run and flee because the, the uh, army's too big. And he said, yeah, and you may live and lying on your beds when you're old, um, would you, wouldn't you give every day since between then and now to come back for just one chance to, to say, you may take our lives, but you'll never take our freedom. And I think about that, you know, evangelism is one thing we can't do in heaven. And if you're, if you're laying on your bed when you're 80 years old and it's your final days, wouldn't you wish for more days that you could be out telling people about Jesus? So be courageous. Let that be this week. We love you. Thanks for listening. Thank you to Pastor Allen for joining us. Awesome to have you. We'll make sure to do it again. But um, please subscribe. And if you can share this on your Instagram, snapshot and share, we'd appreciate it. You guys are awesome.